Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's. Two seconds to go. Back to now. It's good! This is... Jerry Mack drops one on G-Town! Wait a minute. The Jerry McNamara Show. did last year and say hey that's a that's a baseline for for how good we can be or or that's a, an idea of how good we can be on any given night well i think it's certainly a springboard of what you feel you can be um you know offensively we you know we we weren't this you know juggernaut last year you know we we, we didn't score a ton of points you know so we knew that we had a, to rely on that you know that incredible length and athleticism and, and intelligence and how we play on the defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, you put the pieces that we have together and then you add some some really good offensive pieces to that mix. So now you have experience and, and you know, a little bit more offensive arsenal and, and you combine it with the fact that, you know, we know we're a good defensive team and let's fit these pieces in to, to pick up right where uh, last year's group left off and, and mix them in and, and show them the way of how it's done here of how to defend and um, you know but again you have to <laughs> we have to be better offensively um, you know it's it, it's certainly a positive thing that we could be this efficient um, you know to only allow 10 points um, it's it's a, it really is I mean it's you got to kind of tip your hat to our guys. They did a good job. Um, they really ran their guys off the three-point line. The kid Benzel, number 20 for them especially, was 0 for 7. Uh, I was watching him uh, on film, and then I I was out on the court, you know, well before any fans were there watching those guys shoot. And I watched this kid make, you know, 11, 12 threes in a row. No, you know, no no restriction on, on distance of how far he could shoot. Uh, so to go out and hold a guy like that 0 for 7, um uh, you know, it's pretty good. You know, six for 35 overall. Uh, they didn't get a lot of quality looks, I thought. You know, the ones that, that we did give up uh, were more so as far as breakdowns in the pressure. And if you pressure, you're going to be vulnerable to a few, uh, you know, a few breakdowns. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's you know, something that I told the guards today. You know, it was the first thing I said to them. I said, listen, hopefully we can throw this one out the window as far as how we did offensively. But this is what I've been telling you guys from the start you know we have to make sure that every single time we step on the court we know that if we defend the way that we're capable of regardless of what we do on the other end we're going to be in position to win and um you know i think last night was was another great learning moment for them you know it's something that obviously i already knew and coach knows and um you know our entire staff knows and the guys that were here last year know but it's a great thing for the younger group the freshmen to understand a guy like buddy you know who we know is a great shooter has a rough night but you know now you sit up and you say all right well we still won by 30 you know it's because of the defensive effort so um you know it's a great learning point for those guys you know you're not always going to have your a grade stuff on on the offensive end but if you bring and 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 compete on the defensive end every night you know that 
that defense is going to travel as well so we can go into road environments and do the same thing. But it's a great learning aspect, you know, a great learning thing for these guys. You know, I, I think you'll know what I mean when I when I say this, but it, it looked like an offensive performance from last year's team. Um, it, you know, it, it looked at times very similar to last year, even though, uh, you know, presumably Elijah Hughes, Buddy, Jalen, and, and you, you've added players that, that would make it, uh, you know, a, a better offensive unit. It, was that kind of the feeling that you got at, at times? Like, hey, there, there's a feeling of deja vu almost? Not really, you know. I didn't give it much thought. Um, just, just they, they kind of threw some gimmicky defenses at us. You know, they iced the the, the sideline ball screen, which, um, you know, for people that are listening, that you know, it's more of a terminology. It could be called ice or down or, you know, it's when you force the the sideline ball screen and you force it to the sideline. You know, you don't allow the player to come off to the middle. You know, you're going to force him to the big guy and zone him up and. Uh, they did a little bit of that, and then they shrunk the court in half and kind of forced us to t- take a couple long jump shots, and then they went into a little 3-2 matchup, and same thing. We settled for a couple jump shots, and, um, you know, when you do that, you know, kind of similar to like we talked about the first St. Rose game and exhibition when they were switching and keeping us in front and forcing us to shoot jump shots, um, you know, you, you're not in the offensive rebounding position, and if you miss, miss a few, you don't really get into an offensive rhythm, and, um, that's kind of what happened to us last night in a, in, in, in a certain stretch. And uh, it took us a while to start cracking the middle of it and attacking it from the inside out. And uh, We went on that little stretch at the end of the first half. We were able to turn them over a few times quickly and, and score. And then we finally, O'Shea broke it loose with a three-pointer uh, on, a, on a beautiful sideline throwback pass to him. So, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't give it much thought. You know, I think this group is very capable offensively. Um, you know, again, it's like I told Buddy today. I said, "Listen, man, you know, I went to Connecticut in the first play, and and you know, if anybody that knows me knows how I feel about that program. Um, first play, I hit a three, get fouled, four point play to start the game. I'm like, let's go, and we got this. I missed my next 15 or 16 shots. You know, <laughs> so you know, I told him, I said, and then the next time we played him, we beat him, and I had a great game. You know, the great thing about our sport." especially early is three days later you're playing again you know so you know you make the first one on saturday night you're not gonna be thinking about tuesday night you know so um you know we're gonna try to put this offensive performance behind us uh, obviously we worked on quite a bit of our movement today and and certain things that we can get better at uh for this weekend we did that in practice today and and again you know take what we did defensively and look at it as like see this is what we're, we're you know what we're capable of and regardless if we're making shots or executing as well as we can offensively uh, at the end of the day, we're going to put ourselves in a pretty good position if we lock down on the defensive side. You know, I, I want to get to the press. I want to get to O'Shea Brissett because he, he looked uh, he looked fantastic last night as well. But um, uh, one last thing offensively to get to, and, and that is that point guard position where um, I'm curious, how much of the struggles last night do you think were due to the, the lack of a true point guard at times or, or the lack of Frank Howard specifically uh, due to injury? I know Coach Beheim said afterwards, uh, it's like if the Saints had a quarterback who couldn't throw the <laughs> ball you know they would look a little bit different what what do you think uh about 50 50 you know i thought there were some opportunities where ty had the ball where i thought what jalen did a really good job of when he came in was advancing the ball in transition um you know we've we've tried been trying to preach that here in the preseason uh, prior to this this opener uh was to throw the ball ahead and and to create early offense if we have a chance to advance the ball and i thought jalen did a great job of that he came in and advanced it um, on, on three or four straight possessions, and we ended up getting early offense out of that. Um, 
and, and you know, Ty didn't do it quite as much because the majority of the time he's the one that's getting the ball advanced, and then he's waiting on the, the ball screen to come hit him. And we call it the drag screen in transition. So, you know, now he might be holding it a little bit longer than he's accustomed to because he's used to the one catching it ahead. Uh, so he didn't throw it ahead, uh, you know, quite as much. And, um, you know, it, it took us it took us a little bit of time when they went to the matchup for us to get into position. Now that is 100%, um, you know, on the point guard. You know, so Ty, who, number one, we're asking him to run a position that he hasn't run, but number two, now we're asking you to do it in a different defense. And, you know, we've gone over this in practice, but uh, the majority and, and honest God's honest truth is early on in the season, you're working more so on your man-to-man offense than you are on how you're going to attack a, a you know, a matchup zone, which we did work on. We were prepared for it, um, you know, but when Ty was in the situation, he needs to understand where we want to initiate the offense from. And, um, you know, we were a little bit out of position um, from from one or two guys. And, uh, again, that's, that's part of the learning curve, you know. So it's good that, uh, you know, you go through that because, you know, if you face it again, you're going to prepare, be prepared and say, all right, you know, we went through this in the Eastern Washington game, and this is how I know. And in the second half, he gets the lob pass to O'Shea. We're where we need to be. Uh, we run our our zone offense, our matchup zone offense, and we get an opportunity to score at the rim. So a little bit of both, you know. Um, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, we could be a little bit better here, um, you know, and, and, you know, from our side of things, the coaching side of things, and, and then obviously from the execution side of things, you got to be able to, you know, take what we work on in practice and start to implement it in the game. Looking at Jalen Carey, he comes in, he plays 18 minutes. He, he'd been out, you know, last three and a half-ish weeks with, with that ankle injury. Uh, what did you see out of Jalen last night? And, and uh, you know, what did you think of him as, as he made his debut? I was impressed. I, you know, I, I shouldn't say that. You know, it's kind of what I expected. You know, I've been working with him a while. I had him all summer um, and, and then had him in this preseason prior to Orange Madness. And um, I'm expecting big things of him. Um I really am. I, I think the the thing I was excited about most was the six rebounds in 18 minutes. Um, you know, for years we've, you know, I begged and pleaded with my guys to get back and, and you know, stick their nose in there. And as Elijah Hughes likes to say, get in the mud, you know. we got to get in the mud and, and stick our nose in there. And there's so many times that the, the centers and the forwards are battling for, for rebounding position and those balls just kind of get tipped around and they land in that 12 to 15 foot range and uh, we're either still standing on the perimeter from contesting a shot or starting to leak out and try to get out in transition before we corral the basketball and um, Jalen multiple times came back to that 12, 15 foot range and grabbed the rebound um, I was I was really, really happy with that, he grabbed two offensive rebounds so um, He's got a good feel, uh, you know, to see him get out and transition the first basket he made to take those three hard dribbles and get to the rim and finish and one in open court, you know, is an aspect that we want to continue to get better at. You know, we played at a place, a pace we talked to last week. Uh, we we played at the pace last year that we didn't want to play at. We had to play a little bit slower. You know, this year it's pretty, pretty evident with how us trying to press and speed the game up a little bit uh, that we want to play a little faster. So to see that different dimension that we haven't seen in the first two exhibition games that we were lucky enough to see early in practices uh we see his ability in the open court we saw his ability to control stretches in the offense and um i was really happy i was really happy that he had two full practices under his belt prior to, to the game you know we had him back for 
a full 48 hours of practice prior to, to throwing him out in the real competition. And, uh, you know, we, we felt confident that, that he was going to be prepared because he went through the, the practice preparation. And, uh, you know, again, I, kid's kid's a really good player. I shot with me for an hour before practice today, getting, getting his work in. We changed his free throw routine because we're not happy with how that went last night. Uh, so we tried to simplify some things. Two for six is unacceptable. Uh, he knows that. I know that. Everybody knows that. When, you know, from our position, you know, I, I've always said 80 or better, 80 or better. That's been my goal all year for all our guys to shoot 80% or better from the free throw line from our position. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's well within range from our position. You know, uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged to the fact that, uh, you can play 18 minutes and, and score seven points and six rebounds in your first game, and 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 you still think there's a heck of a lot of room for improvement. You, there, there's a lot you hit on there, but uh, I'm I'm picking out the extra shooting thing, and and uh, not necessarily about Jalen, but I did notice leaving the dome last night. Tyus was out for for extra shooting after the game, um, so I I'll, I guess I'll ask it this way: as a player, as a shooter, how do you know when you need that after a game? How do you know like? You're not feeling right. You've got to go out, and and it doesn't want to wait. You don't want it to wait until the next day. Well, I think you got to. I think it's it's a personal thing. I, it's either it's either a personal thing or that's a coaching thing. But I think guys sometimes tend to overreact as well. You know, I I I, I think if someone gets some opportunities where they miss two or three open looks, you know, the sky's not falling. You know, sometimes you just miss an open look or two. It's you know it's as simple as that you know again i'm a mental guy from the standpoint of you know i i like to remain fully confident you know, you're not going to take that from me you know i i might miss a hundred in a row but i believe that 101 is going in um so you know i think the thing with ty is is the happy medium of he has the confidence of uh you know i'm going to make the next one but he also has that that competitive fire of I need to get them in, you know. So uh, the the big thing is we you know we talked a little bit today is and and he was shoot you know we were shooting after practice right before I came here, um, you know he's a worker he he gets his work in and if he's not happy with his performance that's where you're gonna find him. What do you think Buddy did last night after the game? Where where would you have found him? Guess where he was? Same thing. Well, he was at the Mellow Center. He just wasn't on the dome floor. So uh, that's what these guys are. Um, you know, I've, I've I've said it for years. You know, people could sit at home in front of the television and say, "This guy can't do this," or "This guy can't do that," and they might be very critical of that guy. But that person at home sitting on the couch being critical, or in the bar having a few drinks with some friends being critical, has no idea how critical that player is on himself. So, um, you know, it's it's these guys they they take great pride in in, in how they perform. Um, you know, so. You know, it doesn't surprise me that two of the, the biggest competitors I've been around last night after the game, and, and they weren't happy with the performance, so they went out and started working on their game. That's what they know. That's that's why they're at the place that they're at and the position they're in. You know, they they want to be great, um, and and to to be great, that there you know, there's a lot of responsibility and, and preparation that goes into that. We're talking with Jerry McNamara here on the Jerry McNamara Show. We're live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard and, of course, on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Give us a call, 315-437-7644, if you'd like to get in and ask the coach a question. But for now, we'll take a timeout. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. 
Back here on ESPN Radio and live at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. 315-437-7644 is the number to call if you'd like to call in and ask Jerry McNamara a question or on Twitter at ESPN Syracuse, and we'll pass that along as well. We do have trivia tonight here at Tully's, so if you are here at Tully's, you can answer this. We've got... uh, a Tully's gift card, and we've got a basketball that, that we've got for Jerry to sign for the winner of our trivia question. So our question is going to be, uh, when is the last time that Syracuse football, men's basketball, and women's basketball have all been ranked at the same time? So we got this box up here on our table. Uh, write it down on a, on a card, bring it up, put your answer in the box. We'll pick a winner, so we'll give you about 15, 20 minutes to get that in as we continue here on the Jerry McNamara Show. When's the last time football, men's, and women's basketball have all been ranked at the same time? That's our trivia question for tonight. Uh, Jerry, getting back to last night's game and, and with this team, you mentioned the press a, a couple of times, and it, it seemed like uh, that brought something different to, to the team for, for last night, and it, it seemed like that kick-started the offense a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, I think the big thing is when you talk about pace of play for us is how difficult it is to execute on our defense. And, and you know, quite a few of the teams that we played last season, I mean, it took them 30 seconds. You know, I, I, can, I can recall a handful of games that we had a handful of shot clock violations in one game, you know, three, four of them in, in, in a single game. So, you know, you, you're burning a lot of clock. I think... When you talk about what we're able to do defensively and how difficult it is and stretches to execute against us, all right, well, imagine if we can shorten the clock. You know, So that's kind of been the theory with our pressure a little bit. Uh, even if it's token, you know, are, are, are these guys operating from a 24-second shot clock, uh, assuming they're coming back against our regular defense? You get it across half court in six seconds, and you start to execute. you got 24 seconds left. Well, now... You're wasting eight seconds in the backcourt. Now you get it across at 22 seconds, and by the time you start to execute, now you're at 18, 17 seconds. Um, you know, so you know we're 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 trying to cut, um, you know, a third of, of the time off that you're allowed to execute against us, and it's speeding the rhythm of the game up, and uh, hopefully creating a few more possessions of us. And for us, you know, if we can get a few deflections and some steals in the open court, or you're forcing them to, to, to try to execute on a shorter clock against a defense that's already difficult to execute against. So, uh, and then you have our pressure where, you know, we're going to get up and deny, we're going to trap, and we're going to force, and which is the pressure you're probably more accustomed to seeing us play over the f- last few years. And, um, you know, this is the pressure that got us to a Final Four, the pressure that helped us beat Virginia years ago. So, uh, you know, we've added a different dimension, and now with the depth that we have, you know, we can afford to. And, uh, you know, guys have done pretty good in it for the most part. You know, we've had a few breakdowns where we've given up, an, you know, an easy opportunity here and there. But we've also created more possessions and sped up more plays than we have created, uh, you know, easy opportunities for our opposition. So uh, it's something that we're obviously going to continue to work with. And, and, you know, this is an analytical thing, you know, I mean – we have everything documented as far as what uh, you know our success rate is in these things, and and what they've done against our two-to-one pressure, what they've done against our uh, man-to-man run and jump pressure, and what they've done against us when we fall back and play in the half-court set. So, um, you know, we're going to have a, a you know a, a big database of, of of how our guys are executing in these different scenarios, and um, obviously we'll have enough information as we move forward to see what what's most effective for us. 
Is there something to, uh, you know, for you guys to, to being able to change the tempo that way by, by throwing the press on? when I, I mean, when you guys went into it last night, it, it seemed to speed the game up. You mentioned yeah. when you're back in the zone, teams are taking up the full 30 uh, to get offense against you. But, but then you speed the game up, and, and it might just throw a team off. Well, I think, I think you could go in stretches and feel really uncomfortable against our zone. Um, but I also think you can go in stretches where you feel comfortable because you, you're not getting pressured coming up the court. Uh, you can advance the ball, um, you know, as a point guard without knowing someone's right in front of you. You could just dribble it right up and initiate the offense. So, you know, I think it is, um, you know, a, a big benefit for us to – to have this defense that you can go in stretches and feel incredibly uncomfortable against, and now you have, you know, another option for you to make them feel uncomfortable in different scenarios. So, you know, for us to be able to get up and, and have you feel us um, for stretches, and then now we're dropping back into this thing that will now try to solve us. You know, so you felt us in the full court, and now try to solve us in the half court. So, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 certainly something with the different type of pressures that we've been using that we can change it too. We can manipulate it to where we want it to be slow. We can manipulate it to where we want it to be fast. How much pressure do we want to apply? Who's the who's the lineup that's in? So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of benefits to what we're doing. Um, you know, and for something that we've kind of just put in place for these guys, they've done a pretty good job of picking it up. And, the, you know, the more impressive thing to me is when you work on something in practice and you kind of do it that's a little bit outside the comfort zone because you had everybody coming back from last year's team and they played a certain way. You know, they, they went a 35-game season where this is how they played. And now all of a sudden you add this piece in and boom, the first possession we score, what are our guys in? They're right into what we're asking them to do. So it was nice to see our guys you know, from going to, you know, practicing for weeks to all of a sudden on the first possession, they're right into what we're trying to do and they're picking it up effectively. You know, off of that more aggressive, maybe trapping style of, of the press, it leads to turnovers. It leads to the other team throwing the ball away to, to errant passes or, or to passes that just get picked off because you've yeah. got so many bodies up there. And I think that we saw that last night, and, and it seemed like, namely, O'Shea Brissett uh, really ended up taking advantage of it, and he got some transition buckets. Uh, what's it do for the offense when you're able to get some of those easier baskets? Um, and, and even if things are getting off to a slow start, what's it do, you know, just a big picture to see the ball go through the hoop a couple times coming off that press creates a spark you know it creates something that you're manufacturing points a little bit differently a little more easily than than you would if you had to execute through your offense you know you're scoring through your defense you think about football and you know the advantage of when you score from your defense and um you know that's what we were able to do and you know we're really lucky that we have o'Shea and and don't forget about mr marek Marek is really, really good in the pressure when he's up top as well. So, you know, we have two long, intelligent forwards. Uh, Elijah Hughes, I've said it, you know, I said it on the first show, I think he could be among the, the league leaders in steals. Um, you know, we saw him last night. He's really good instinctually in the second level of our, of our defense, full court. And um, Yeah, it, it's such an advantage when you can try to steal some points and manufacture offense with with your ability to defend and when you have guys with the length and athleticism and intelligence of O'Shea Brissett and Marek and uh, Elijah from from the forward positions and you know we saw Tyus in the middle of the press I think you know one of the things that that you know I'm, I'm really ex actually happy it's funny it's just coming to my mind is I'm really really happy of, of how Buddy defended last night in the press you know we, 
for the f- first few weeks of, of sample size of, of what we were trying to do, when we get into a certain pressure, if you don't cut off the sideline when the ball is inbounded, you're in trouble because you're beating the trap. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that Buddy was doing is he was taking a poor angle early on in the first few practices, really the first two weeks of practice of trying to cut the sideline. And if you go back and watch last night, he was terrific. Whenever the ball was inbounded, he cut the sideline. He forced the dribble back to the middle, which allowed the guys like O'Shea and Marek and Elijah to come back and get back into position and get a first pass initial trap. And if you can get a first pass initial trap in our defense, we could put you into some difficult situations. And, um, you know, we did a good job of that last night. We really did. And they tried to switch up the pressure. They tried to switch up their press break of, of how they were going to beat our pressure. And uh, our guys, they hit it on the fly. You know, they, they understood what they were trying to do. They matched up well. They communicated. I thought Elijah uh, Hughes, when he was at the top of the pressure, did an unbelievable job. You probably didn't, you know, you probably can't hear him on television. I don't know if you could see it when you were at the game. But he was constantly communicating, constant, constant, constantly talking to the other guard that was at the top of that pressure. And they were passing players off to each other so they switched and weren't at a disadvantage so we can get a, a good initial first trap. So a lot of good things from last night of what we did in our press. And uh, certainly moving forward, the better we can be in that type of pressure, the, you know, the more it's going to benefit as, as, you know, certainly. I, I've said it before. This, I tell every freshman every year, pay attention because you need to learn this because it will win a game this year. It will win a game this year. It's won a game every single year I've been here. You have to learn this. And, um, you know, the better we can be at it as we move forward, obviously the, you know, hopefully the more more productive it can be as we get into those late-game scenarios. Yeah, and the, the press to, to that point has certainly won games over each of the last yeah. couple of years. Easy ones to point to, uh, for sure. The guys on this team have been involved in. We'll keep on talking with Jerry in a little bit. We More than I want to get to on O'Shea and Marek. So we'll get to that definitely in the next part of the show. If you're here at Tully's, don't forget we've got our trivia question. Uh, come, on, come on up, answer it. You can get a Tully's gift card and a signed basketball from Jerry. Uh, the question is, when has Syracuse football men's basketball and women's basketball been ranked at the same time so come on up and give us an answer to that and uh you could be our winner for our trivia question we'll take a break we're coming back after this on espn radio live from tully's this is the jerry mcnamara show and now we're back here at tully's on erie boulevard sorry for the technical difficulties but we'll keep on rolling here up until eight o'clock and jerry we were talking about uh, efficiency around the rim, and, and specifically O'Shea Brissett, he looked really strong last night. Yeah, I think it was an area that he felt like he could get better at, you know, going into this offseason. And last night, you know, obviously the first two-handed dunk was, was impressive. But, you know, shortly after that, he took a fadeaway jump shot. And uh, on the next one or two possessions, there was a whistle, and we had the TV timeout. And as he was walking over, Coach stopped him and said, don't bail them out. Don't bail them out. Continue to go aggressive to the rim. If you fade, if you feel yourself fading away, collect yourself and step through the defense and go to the basket. Um, and he's done that. You know, he's done a great job of it. He's he's got such a knack. I think he's really improved as, as far as his ability to read. Uh, he got in the paint last night and late in the first half. And as he went to elevate, they sent a, a second defender at the second level, and he just kind of stopped on a dime and dropped it off to Barama for a dunk. So, you know, I I think when guys you know, start to evolve, and, and they just start to kind of go wherever they want. You know, Shea's one of those guys right now where he can kind of go by pretty much anybody. You know, he can get to his spots, and 
um, you know, I think those guys, as they get into more and more situations, they start to become more and more comfortable, and their intelligence level and IQ starts to expand and grow. And um, I think kind of always in that situation. He made a couple of really good passes last night, and uh, all of it is predicated on what he's you know physically able to do off the bounce you know he, he can go a lot of different places and create a lot of advantages and uh, certainly one of them has been getting to the basket and finishing and um, you know I'm happy for him because he's put a lot of effort into it the pass that really stood out to me was the one you mentioned when he got into the lane and and dumped it off to Barama that that seemed like a, a just a really impressive pass uh, for him to be able to make it's something we need to cr- do more of you know we need to create opportunities that you know it's one of the areas that I talked to Tyus about and you know when, when you should be able as a guard th- there should be one or two really three times a game where there's there's paint penetration and you get a dunk just a, literally a handoff here you go dunk it you know just dunk this basketball and put it in the hoop you know so uh we need to start creating more of those opportunities that comes with spacing and flow of offense and getting in the paint and making the right decision but you know there's no reason that we don't have the, the capability and the players to do it so uh, it's nice to see guys like oh um, you know who are so individually gifted to start s- to see their game expand a little bit um, you know I, I've watched I've watched some really really good guards here over the years and I think this group has a chance to be uh, along with O and the guys at the forward position with E we have one of those groups that are number one they're they're unselfish you know we, we, we do have an unselfish group that like being around each other and uh, I think we have an intelligent group. So as we move forward, you know, we expect this group to get a little bit better offensively and start to find each other and share it. You know, I wanted to ask you about the the other forward and, and a guy who fits into that intelligent group, and that is Marek Dolajai. And it seemed like uh, last year he, he was starting towards the end of the year. He was playing the five uh, out of necessity. This year he doesn't have that starting spot. He played the five uh, in the first half of last yeah. night's game, certainly not out of necessity. Uh, curious what, what you thought of his game last night, and, and uh, specifically when he's playing in the middle of that zone and, and as the middleman in the offense, it, it seems to bring something a little different than yeah. when Barama and Pascal there he's just you know he's he's difficult to describe he's, he just has an understanding you know an intellect a natural feel and then he's expanded his game you know if, if you look at the first half and we we're kind of struggling they're in that matchup zone well what happens we put Marek in he flashes to the high post he hits a 15 footer then a few possessions later he steps out and hits a three and it kind of just alleviates all the pressure. Um, to to have a guy that's as good as him in the forward spot is a bonus. To have a guy that's as good as him in the forward spot, and then you can move him to the center spot, and he's as good in that position, you know, is 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 an incredible luxury. Um, I think it's a huge advantage that we were able to use him there in stretches last year because coming into this year you have this in the in your back pocket of saying well all right we already know that if something happens with pascal if he gets in foul trouble or something happens with brahma if he gets in foul trouble or god forbid something crazy happens i'm not even going to say anything as far as we've talked about too much on this show you know but for whatever reason or another maybe you want a different look maybe you want to go smaller and all of a sudden you want to spread the court and you can pull Marek out and you go five out on the perimeter and just open somebody up, uh, he gives you the luxury because of what he's able to do defensively. So uh, 
he's just a really, really good basketball player. It's funny, last year when we were just trying to figure him out, we were trying to figure ourselves out. Um, you know, Coach was dabbling with different lineups. Whenever we would put Marek in, and it was funny, it was the press. I think it was the press last year, early on in the season, when we were trying to figure our group out. It was the press that we kind of sat back, and we'd, we'd be like, this kid's making plays. Like, look, look how many deflections he's getting. Or look, he dives on the floor, c- collects it, and finds the open guy and makes the right pass. He just has this great feel. He has a great presence. Um, but the, the luxury of, of multi-positional players and what we do, we've seen it over the years from guys that play guard forward. Um, and now to see it with, with the forward center position, um, you know, what a great thing to have in your back line. And you mentioned the jump shots. I mean, if he's going to feel yeah, confident there, that, that brings something totally well, different. He made us different last year. I mean, the reality of it was is we ended up becoming a Sweet 16 team because we needed another offensive piece. And Marek Dolzai came up big and when it mattered. You know, he he worked hard with Coach Autry. They worked hard. I mean, they, they worked really, really hard. This doesn't happen by, by accident. <laughs> you know, he worked hard on his game. He stayed after practices and shot. He came early and shot. He worked on the 15 to 17 footer. Uh, and then all of a sudden you hit the NCAA tournament and here's this guy that's stepping out to 17 feet and then he's shooting his floater and he's making plays and he, aver- you know, all of a sudden he adds this different dimension to your offense of what you've been missing. You know, you got this three-headed thing and it's good, but it's, it's a little bit forced and all of a sudden you got this, you know, the Marek, you know, this, this, you know, out of nowhere, offensive presence, you know, dropping teardrop floaters, hitting 17-footers, and he just added a different piece to what we were. And, um, you know, it's it's great to see him this summer start to extend that range. And then with no hesitation last night, and we saw it in the exhibition game, he did the same thing. He, it was in the corner in the exhibition game, and then last night steps right out to the perimeter, top of the key, and doesn't hesitate, just launches and nothing but net. Yeah, that, that was a great uh, development to see and, and a development that I'm sure uh, SU fans are, are really going to enjoy uh, over the course of this season. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll look ahead to Moorhead State, and we will wrap things up here on the Jerry McNamara Show on ESPN Radio. Live from Tully's, this is the Jerry McNamara Show. We're here at Tully's on Erie Boulevard to uh, wrap things up and, and get you off to the Alan Griffin Show uh, waiting back in our ESPN Radio studios, Coach Griffin, uh, Stephen Fonte, and Mike Waters from Syracuse.com and the Post Standard all standing by. Uh, we've got our trivia question. We've got our winner. Uh, you win a Jerry McNamara signed basketball and a Tully's gift card. Question was, when is the last time Syracuse football, men's, and women's basketball were all ranked at the same time? The answer is uh, never. So a, a little bit of a trick Try question. Trick a little bit of a trick question, but we got our winner, Ben Velarde. So uh, come on up, and uh, you'll get your picture with Jerry, and, and we'll get you all the prizes and, and stuff like that as, as we uh, finish up on the show here. Uh, but, Jerry, I, I want to, before we get out of here, get your, your scouting report on Moorhead State. This is the game on Saturday. Um, we'll, we'll, do the, we'll do the MSG stuff next week. Uh, I promise we'll get to that. But what are you looking for this Saturday? What are you guys looking to get out of that? Well, I think we need to control what we can control. You know, and obviously last night, if there's any indication we can control the defensive side of the basketball. And, um, you know, Moorhead's one of those teams. They've, they've, you know, they've given up a few points. Um, you know, so 
the only thing we can look forward to is what we know we can do, and that's defend the basketball and continue to stay disciplined in our pressure. You know, I think when 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 we pick up, you know, there's there's a certain level of you know you and I have talked about a lot about the press tonight, um, you know, but you have to be pretty disciplined in it to to run it effectively. If you're careless in it, you're going to create opportunities that we wouldn't create for teams if we did decide to go back in the half court. So. Uh, there's a big deal of responsibility when you're in the full court pressure to, to, to remain disciplined and force them to still have to execute. Uh, that's something that we want to continue to improve on as we move forward. And, you know, the big thing is is continue to make growth offensively. You know, hopefully we continue to move. We executed a few plays of ours in the second half, and when we did fully execute them, they worked out. They worked well. Um, so that's really what we're looking for is control what we can control which is our energy on the defensive end and how we execute on the offensive end. You know, I, I do have to ask. I'll try and sneak it in here at the end. Do we do we know a, a status update on Frank Howard? Is there a chance that, that maybe he gets back on the court Saturday? Uh, you thought you were going to go the hour without the question. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, I can't give you, a, a, you know, a, a definitive answer. Is He's day-to-day, you know. He, <laughs> He's getting there. I, I'd say, you know, it, it's it's funny when 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 you look at those guys. I mean, I saw the article today about about Howard, um, and you've watched this guy who's worked really just so hard, and he's a great kid. So was, a lot of us took great joy in watching his joy last night. Um, so I've watched Frank and how hard he's worked over the last few weeks. So uh, I take even today this afternoon when I see that smile come across his face, like yeah, gee, that felt good. You know, that felt good. <laughs> That felt good, you know, so it's it's encouraging, but I don't think we're there yet. Uh, again, he's day-to-day, and uh, we saw Jalen. All of a sudden, it was boom, all right, and he was back into practice, and he was moving back at his speed. So I think it's going to be the same thing with Frank. We just got to get him back and get him back uh, to a full practice, and once he's out there and starts to feel comfortable on it and starts to push on it, uh, you know, hopefully we could ease him back in here in this lineup. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Howard Washington there. Let's end there. Let's on a, end, end on a, a bit of a high note. But uh, h- how good did it feel seeing him back, given the injury that he had, given how, you know, relatively recently that was and how soon he was able to come back? Uh, what was the feeling when he got on the floor last night? Uh, for me, it was joy. You know, um, I, I've, I've uh, spent a lot of time with Howard. I've very very fond of Howard um, I, I love everything he stands for so uh, and and you know partly with him being in my group and that's when the injury happened and it was a non-contact drill it was just there was just a lot of emotion even for me you know watching that happen in front of my eyes and something that I was controlling uh, was was somewhat hard for me too to watch that happen so um, I, I know how much this means to him and uh, you know, it was just a, a great moment to watch him get out there and uh, be back on the court. Him and O'Shea are very close, and I know O had, you know, they had gone back and forth on Twitter about it. And I know how much it meant to O to see him out there too. Our our, our guys love Howard, so uh, you know, I think it was a, a good thing for everybody. You know, uh, the biggest fear in our profession is injury, and and uh, when you see a knee go. Uh, your heart goes with that guy, and, and now to see uh, that guy back out on the court, I think everybody took a little bit out of that. 
Yeah, it was a great thing, and I know after the game, Howard said it was it, it was almost a feeling of relief that, yeah. that he was able to get back out there. So uh, looking forward to seeing what Howard can do over the rest of the season. Looking forward to see what this uh, this team can do uh, on Saturday, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, we'll be talking with Jerry McNamara again next Tuesday night here at Tully's on Erie Boulevard. But this, the basketball talk does not stop here. It continues for another hour as Alan Griffin, Stephen Fonte, and Mike Waters are standing by in our ESPN Radio Syracuse studios. They are coming up next.